Up and Adam in the morning. Live here. You're home for Up and Adam in the morning. You're listening to the Crush 92.5. Adam on Teal. Now, if you're anything like me, you uh, you love hip-hop. Love soul. I love it back in the day. I love it now. And just like rock and roll, I'm fascinated with its history, its inception, its evolution. So today, to get somebody like Maceo from De La Soul, hip-hop legends, these guys, to get them up and Adam in the morning, especially in the light of so much going on with uh, the group itself, the loss of True Boy the Dove, the music now being released and put all over for folks to appreciate it. It's been absent from a lot of these streaming services for a while. I just can't tell you, Maceo, how much it means to have you up and at him in the morning and to be able to chat with you. Oh, man, thank you much, man. I appreciate that. For real. So, God, there's so much to talk about. I mean, one, at long last, De La Soul's back catalog, including classic albums, like three feet high and rising, it's it's available now, right? It's it's streaming. We we got it. Yep, we got it. We all have it now. Yes, we do. You know, some of these, the way music has changed so much in the last several years, and you could look back the last twenty years, see how far it's changed. Gosh, like the last five, it's just constantly making these big strides in in different directions. And one way, folks that are just coming up, I mean, if you had some of these connections when De La Soul was just beginning to reach your listeners and be so intimate with them, like Spotify and things like that allow, but also it's changed in a lot of ways that it's tough for established artists like yourself to get uh, what they, you know, what they deserve. Talk about that evolution and where the hiccups were and, and how happy you are that we finally got it on there for fans. I guess, you know, for us, you know, some of the artists like ourselves from the time we all got record deals, um, I guess no one was prepared for the evolution of technology. So that played a big stifling part on both parts of the label as well as the artists. And it's almost like having to recreate a whole new deal for old music. So it's really the first of its kind. You know, I can't really speak for any of the other artists because... From what I understand, you know, some of the labels, especially the larger labels, got caught caught on early with adding, you know, um, distribution for the universe as opposed to the world. Right. So distri- distribution for the universe speaks a lot broader than for the world. And, and at that time, too, you know, like I said, no one was prepared for this technology with downloads and streaming and all of that. So, all right. It's obvious, you know, and, and, and I believe it's the same for the movie industry. You gotta go back and recut new deals for yeah. a new medium. Right. You know? Right. And um at times, you know, negotiations can be tough. And we had a uh a ten year stretch of trying to negotiate, especially when Tommy Boy came back. Like I said, it was a very unique situation because Tommy Boy did fold as a label. Right. So that was a one of the main issues, and then the catalog was uh, pretty much hung hung up in whoever they lost the catalog to, which I think was Warner Brothers at the time, you know. But with all the existing infractions that existed around the catalog with sample clearances that never been done before because of whatever they decide to not clear in the past, because it was pretty much still the early day of hip-hop, you know? No one ever thought Three Feet High and Rising would have been as successful as it was. Two, you know, it was those years of sampling and people didn't think it was, the, the way we used it wasn't that significant enough to clear. So if that was the label's choice, that was the things that happened. But, you know, 
that's what ended up opening up an entire new business for lawyers. <laughs> yeah, huh? That's a whole right, a whole new industry. Yeah. You know, with uh Reservoir Media inquiring the rights to the music and then making a fair deal with us to now present it to the world, which has uh been a beautiful thing. It is, indeed. We got DJ Maceo from a Hip Hop Legends De La Soul. He is up and at him in the morning. Now when they released this music, they released that back catalog, streaming went ballistic. It went nuts. I can't wait to talk to you about that, how that must have made you feel. Also, I know you've been through a big loss with True Goy the Dove. We're going to talk about that and a lot more when we come back with Maceo of De La Soul. He's up and at him in the morning. Your home for up and at him in the morning. It is the Crush 92.5 Adam Montiel on the phone. I am so excited. Hip-hop legends, these guys. De La Soul. DJ Maceo is up and at him in the morning. I'm so curious. When did you see in the rise of De La Soul, like, damn, like this is not only taking off, you know, regionally here in the country, but you started seeing, like, I mean, around the world, they are feeling what De La Soul is is expressing. When, when did that kind of hit the three of you? I mean, it hit me early on when I'm in, in the beginning when Three Feet High Rising was out and my manager at the time, Russell Simmons and Leo Cohen, had to come up to my school to see if I can uh, get permission to go on a, a, a three-week tour around Europe and UK. So that's when it first began to hit me. Right. And then, um, and then um, also throughout the rest of that year, learning the dynamics of the different people that we were performing with. You know, on one end, we would be on tour with LL Cool J, Big Daddy Kane, NWA, and Too Short. And then the next thing you know, I'm on tour with the Fine Young Cannibals, you know? So the different spectrums of touring that we were doing. And the next thing you know, I'm on tour with Regina Bell or somebody like that. You know, it was, uh, it began to dawn on me then the broad spectrum of audiences we were meeting, we were connecting with then. And and I, I think innately, me as a DJ, I connect with an audience. You know, I always got that ability to connect with an audience. I, I've been rocking parties since I was 15. Mm-hmm. So been significantly a part of my approach. And then to be a DJ that I actually create, make records, you know, that's just something that I'm in tune to, you know. The first week, I think, I mean, like 12 million plus streams where you, even you, I mean, it's just like, it was like people were just waiting at the edge of their seat on bated breath for, for this music that they've loved for so long. Were you even thrown back by that a bit? I was thrown back. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I was definitely thrown back, you know, to know that it's me and my group, you know, like this is happening to us. Three, three guys from, I still pinch myself, you know, as much as. People want to get, you know, acclaim us to be iconic and legend. I still pinch myself that I'm doing this thing, you know, called hip hop in this modern day time. And people are embracing my music like it's like it's brand new. Like yeah. It just came out. And and technically in this digital world, yeah, it just came out. It's the first of its kind. Look, the, the, you know, old music being released to a whole new audience like it's brand new you know and it feels great i think that's such a self-aware place to be when you can still feel humbled being humbled in the sense like you know like pinch me man like yet you're doing what you love you're doing it you've been doing it you know like you said iconic but but still pinch me i i just love when artists like yourself you know still approach it that way it's really fun to follow artists that still enjoy and still have that pinch me vibe you know 
you know, one, I guess it got a lot to do with upbringing. Yeah. Growing up in a certain time and era, especially when you didn't think what you were doing was going to be as successful as it became. You know, I was good with plug tuning and freedom of speak, and I was on my way to the military. Posh was on his way to college. Dave was in college. So for the opportunity to keep coming back, that was like, you know, your first choice, your, you know, your dream, your dream being fulfilled. The opportunity just, it happened differently like it had for us than it may have happened for others. You know, so for the opportunity to keep coming back to, you know, derail whatever your plan B was, you know, I'm thankful. I'm grateful. I think a lot of artists are. They just don't say it. Kudos to the ones who do say it, but yeah. I think every last artist truly feels that way based on what they, you know, I mean, one, two percent of the world gets to fulfill their dreams. Right. You know? No, I get you, man. Uh, we got DJ Maceo from De La Soul. He is up and at him in the morning. The back catalog now completely released for the world to appreciate. When we come back, I want to talk about your songwriting process. I want to talk about like the origin of some of these hits like Me, Myself, and I. We'll do that with DJ Maceo of De La Soul. Next, he's up and at him in the morning. You're home for up and at him in the morning. It's The Crush, 92.5. On the phone, icons in hip-hop, De La Soul. Got DJ Maceo is up and Adam in the morning. Can we talk for a moment about me, myself, and I? I've always been fascinated by the songwriting process. And, and look, there's a lot of songs I could ask you about. This one, it's a fun song. Everyone knows it. It's one of my absolute favorites. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Tell me, mirror, what is wrong? Can it be my daylight clothes or is it just my daylight song? What I do ain't make-believe. People say I sit and travel. When it comes to being daylight, it's just me, myself. Some of these hits, do they come to you like in 20 minutes? Do you, do you agonize over them as far as lyrics and then, then you're putting a beat together? Is it the other way around? How are these masterpieces finding their way whole? Um, the creative process is it's a wide open space. It can come from anywhere. Me, myself, and I honestly happen to be the very last song created for Three Feet High Rising. And granted, it was always a sample I wanted to use. You know, my group wasn't quite sold on it until we had an experience of one at the label and them feeling like we needed a potential radio record. They felt like the album was great, but there was nothing they felt like they could really go to radio with, black radio in particular. And I have been sitting on this sample for like since forever, like since we started to connect with sampling, I had been sitting on that, even um, like a lot of the funk stuff, I was sitting on heavy. And um, no one was really feeling the idea of using the record until we had this moment at the label. And me understanding the conversation of where they were coming from, I felt like I had that record. And I felt like we could make a radio record in our own way, you know. As long as it's coming from a genuine place, I think we could pull it off, you know. Who wasn't feeling it at all? It was just nothing really connecting. Paul, Prince Paul and I was the only one who really were like, <laughs> and I know you said before, like, like he's almost like the fourth member of De La Soul. Is that kind of why? Yeah. Because in times when you didn't see eye to eye with the other two, you had a real connection with him. Yeah. I mean, fourth member, big brother. Yeah. Mentor. Definitely our producer. You know, we all produced, but the way Paul produced, he, he gave us courage. 
gave us courage. He gave us freedom. He taught us a lot. You know, he 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 already felt like you know we had what we had. This is the reason why he worked with us. But what he lended to the group, because here it is, we were definitely already producing. It's just that we weren't really in a professional studio yet. And Paul definitely helped us navigate through the studio. He let us touch everything. There was a freedom in working with Paul, you know, a freedom that we established with him that we hadn't quite established with one another yet. I think our thing was like we was really on vibes, and but everybody was still kind of little rigid with, don't f*** up my beat, don't f*** up my beat. And I think Paul definitely, not, not, not I think, I know, Paul instilled in us, look, no idea is a bad idea. It's like, we got to try it all. And that was one of the most beautiful things I think I got out of him because here it is prior to working with Paul, I was working with my music teacher and some other people that really, that really didn't never instill that freedom. It just felt so liberating, you know, when he said that. And we just, after that, we just was going for it. Next thing you know, it was just... I mean, only way I can, uh, how I identify our music is collage art, because we pretty much added everything to it, you know? And the way we developed song structure with the samples that we use, it was learning from the R&B records and the funk records and the soul and the, the rock records that we were listening to when we were younger. It was all the structures of those records that we were actually patterning, making our patterns of our songs behind that. I, I could say for me, the skits to me were ins definitely inspired by Parliament Funkadelic, you know, with all the weird voices and changes and stuff like that. I was totally inspired by them. No, I feel you, man. Uh, Maceo from De La Soul is up and at him in the morning. Coming back, we're going to talk about a huge blow that was dealt to the trio when they lost Dave. True Goy the Dove passed away, and it hasn't even, I mean, these wounds are still. Maceo is going to chat with us about that coming up. It's the Crush 92.5. It's Up and Adam in the morning. You're home for Up and Adam in the morning. It is the Crush 92.5. On the phone, these guys are hip-hop icons. De La Soul. We got DJ Maceo, Up and Adam in the morning. Maceo, let me ask you, and I bring this up with the ultimate respect because I know that it hasn't even been a month since uh, you lost uh, True Goy the Dove. How have you been hanging in there? How have you been grieving? And, and what has this last three weeks been like? For you and the and uh, just everyone in the fam. Um, I mean, I hate to sound cliche, but it's definitely bittersweet. It's, it's very bittersweet. You talked about the twelve million streams. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't seem like I'm really all that excited. Nah, because my man ain't here to celebrate it with me. Yeah, you know. So it's just kind of rough when we really had. I mean, we were all aware of his condition, but we all were optimistic and wishing for the best we have big plans man you know as a group we really have big plans and it's just making it it's really altered life is altered my entire world is altered you know i mean here it is we hadn't really been on the stage together since the pandemic and all of that and and prior to the pandemic you know pass and i had been doing shows without dave because of his condition but with uh but the notion that we were all getting coming back, you know, mm -hmm. eventually was coming back, and and I, I I got to see him. I did get to see him last summer, you know, face to face, 
because, you know, we had just hit the end of the pandemic and I came outside for the first time, you know, to come up to New York to work on the catalog along with Paul. And Dave came to the studio. And that was the time I got to see him. You know, we hugged, laughed. And then after that, it was pretty much Zoom calls, discussing the future of what we're doing, all these other opportunities were, that were brewing around, you know, the, 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 the new deal with Reservoir and everything and, and with the release, the opportunities that came all in the middle in that, in that short time, like the Grammys and stuff like that. We all got pretty excited, but at the same time, I lost my bro. Yeah. You know, I got my moments. I'm crying. I got my moments that I'm laughing like crazy because, you know, we got so many great memories. You know, and then, of course, just once a week since it happened, some one of the homies or a family member, we're getting on the phone and we're talking about them. And, of course, we, you know, it's tough, but I'm stepping into it just for the simple fact that I know if I go dark, if we stop, he stopped. And all of, the, all of what we achieve would be in, in vain. So it's at the end of the day, it's like, one, we have to continue our legacy to continue his legacy. We have to continue to plan. That's it. Maceo is up and at him in the morning. One third of hip hop icons, De La Soul. Man, it has been so fulfilling. And what a great conversation to chat with you, listen to you share get inside your head and your heart about the music, about how it's available now, which is so cool. And then opening up with me like this, I can't tell you how much it means to me. Like I said, I've been a fan of you and the music for a long time. So I really, really appreciate your time, my man. And, and thank you so much for calling into the show and, and being on the air with me. Thank you, bro. And thank you for your love and support. Appreciate you. Up and Adam in the morning. With Adam Montiel. Weekday mornings, 6 to 10 a.m. The Crush 92.5, the perfect blend.